This is a Project Humanoid production. Whammo. So things might get a little spooky on this episode. You scared? Not scared. I'm just a little upset that you deleted our sound check. It's a sound check. I didn't think we needed it for anything. Yeah, but I was testing out my uh, my version of uh, bounding gagged in a chair, Ray Myers' bodies burning there. It's witchcraft. Oh, you just did it again, so they didn't miss anything. Project Humanoid, this is Murder My Dude. I'm BP Burke. And I'm not. You're not. And don't you forget it. You are not BP Burke. There's I'm... only one Brian Paddington Burke, and that's me. I am Jackson, man of a thousand names Wells. I don't like that. I never liked that in wrestling. The middle thing? Gotta get there. Uh, yeah, I never liked that when they did, uh, like, Hitman Bret Hart or something like that. Well, you that know? would be at the very beginning, like... yeah. Yes. Yes, I know. I, I was, I was getting. You don't need to cut me off. You're so rude. I apologize. You know, I almost quit the show this morning, but then I unquit because I realized that people would come in droves, knocking on the door, saying, "Hey, why'd you quit? We need you back on the show." And I didn't want to deal with that, so uh, here I am. Um, or when they would say, like, like they would say, "Macho Man Randy Savage," and some pe- some people would say, "Randy Macho Man Savage," and I hated that. It's got to be in the right position. It's yeah, mach- like, yeah. yeah, like Macho Man goes in the front, Hitman goes in the middle. Like if somebody said Steve Stone Cold Austin, that would just sound really weird. Right? Yeah. There's Hulk the Immortal order. Hogan. There's a certain order. There's a certain order of things. You don't say Rick Nature Boy Flair. We should. We should start doing that. Actually, what we should start uh, doing is getting into the show. I was about to say Beefcake Barber. Oh, well. So, um, what are we what are we talking about today? What are we here a, for? We have a lot to talk about today. Yeah, we're going to debut a new semi regular segment. We're bringing back the Florida Man game. Ugh. You love the Florida Man yeah, game, yeah? But I liked it for money. <laughs> and then uh, we're also going to be talking about Hex Hollow. Hex Hollow, yeah, I, I'm excited about that. Yeah, it's a very interesting topic. Did some show prep. Uh, obviously, we don't just come in here off the top of our heads. And I didn't know a whole lot about this one. You knew more about it than I did. Because I know you had done some look, uh, research in, on it before. But yeah, it's very interesting. We'll be getting to that yeah, later. Yeah, and we'll get, we'll get to that later, too, as why I know about it and why I did research on it before. But before any of that, fake murder news. And fake murder news is a new segment we might use every now and then in, in place of this week in murder, where we're going to talk about fictional stuff. Like it, it, we've gone very true crime heavy for a while now, but the original premise was sometimes we're going to talk about real murder, sometimes we're going to talk about fake murder. This is a fake murder segment. Yeah, some of the as a matter of fact, uh, our first show was on Halloween. Yeah. Uh, not ha- literally on October 31st. No, it was the, Halloween, about the, Hall- the Halloween movie. Halloween. I'm going to start Halloween. saying it that way. The Halloween movies. Yeah. People say it that way, and it always bothered me, but now I find myself saying it by accident. 
Well, I guess they see the A in it. Halloween. It should be Halloween. Because we always say hall. We don't say it like study hall. Halloween. Yeah. Halloween. Yeah. Um, That's when you have Scott Hall on the show. The uh, last year's Halloween movie Mm -hmm. was our first episode. And uh, we were really into Poirot at the time. I thought we were going to be kind of Poirot heavy. Yeah. And uh, that didn't work out that way. But let's take those two things and kind of reintroduce them a little bit. Poirot is like the king of the cottage house mystery, the cozy, well, not cozy mystery, but like that that mansion and that secluded mansion with a wealthy family and the patriarch may wind up dead, like a Gosford Park type thing, but actually entertaining. And that's what I think Knives Out might be. Right. I just made a lot of Gosford Park fans, man. Oh, all, all ten of them. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, so we, we both saw the trailer for Knives Out, which is a new movie coming out by Ryan Johnson, who, now I'm going to make a bigger fan base mad, made a Star Wars movie that I actually enjoyed quite a bit, The Last Jedi, and he also made Looper, which was a sci-fi movie with Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis. He made the movie The Brothers Bloom, which we both really loved. And his first movie was a play on, like, the whole noir detective thing, Brick, which I love Brick. Brick's Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. Well, he was also in Other Looper, yeah. Yeah. But so he's doing this movie called Knives Out, and from the trailer, it is an old-timey murder mystery where this wealthy family is in the family, like, mansion. It's way out secluded in the countryside, and the family patriarch who's played by christopher Plummer, winds up dead and this kind of all-knowing very eccentric detective played by daniel craig is coming in to kind of sort things out i uh i wanted to be a filmmaker everybody that knows me knows this that I w- i've wanted to be a filmmaker since i was 13 and it was because of the movie clue um Actually, there was another movie at that time uh, that, that I was really big into. I was really big into Clue, and I was really big into Brain Donors, which was uh, it had uh, the Jesus. Oh, John Turturro. John Turturro and, like, two other people. Do you know he's making a movie now that is going to be the Jesus? Yeah. yeah. But it's a remake of an old movie that has nothing to do with the Big Lebowski? Right. Yeah, they've done other movies like that where they, they take a pre-existing scripts. Like, uh, where, um, not Warehouse 13. Uh, Oceans, oceans, 12. oceans, twelve. Yeah, oceans, twelve was a uh, movie. So was Die Hard with a Vengeance. That was a movie. Yes, Die Hard was no. That, that was another movie like that oh. where it was a pre-existing script and they just took the script and made it a Die Hard script. Same thing with Oceans Twelve, right? Which is one most people didn't like. We should make a movie called Try Hard. Try Hard is that going to be a sequel to Spy Hard? Could be. I won back those ten people because they're the only ten people who remember Spy Hard. Um, yeah, I wanted to be a, uh, filmmaker because of Clue, but at that time too, I remember loving murder, murder by death. Mm-hmm. Like I would just find these fucking movies and some of my favorite movies of all time are those people get invited to a, uh, like a mansion, mm-hmm. you know, it's a murder mystery. Yeah. It was also similar to murder mystery, that Adam Sandler movie that was on Netflix over the summer. Right. I liked it. I actually liked that. What made me like it even more was there's a random Eagles fan. Yeah. At the very end. At the airport, right? Yeah, oh, the, the train station. Train yeah. station. 
Yeah. They're getting on a train, and the one inspector is just kind of standing there, and somebody walks by, like, totally out of place for an extra. In France, right? Right, in France. Yeah. And there's this extra, and, and extras usually don't walk directly in front of the camera like this, but this guy walks by with a Black Eagles baseball cap on, and I'm thinking, like, did somebody lose a bet and they had to put that in or something? Because Sandler's a Jets fan. Well, it would be a football cap in this case. Yeah, a football cap, yeah. I, I, I'm just used to calling any cap like that a baseball cap, even though most people now just call them hats. Right. It's a ball yeah, what, cap. What do you call it? What do you call them? Knickers? No, those are pants. Yeah. So, so you've... So you've <laughs> Never mind. Um, trousers? Trousers, yes. Football Actually, trousers. knickers are underwear. Are they? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Women's underwear. But yeah, yeah, I'm going to start saying football trousers. I said actually. I don't like when people say actually. I, I say it too much. I try not to do it on the podcast, but just in my day-to-day life, I say actually way too much. I hate actually. I hate that. It sounds so pretentious and so douchey. Like. And actually, I write it more than than I, I say it, I think. Okay. Stick to that. All right, Chief. Yeah. And there's other words, too. Like, have you ever done There like, are other words. There are so many words. Yeah. There are thousands of them. Millions. Billions. I don't know do you think there's a million words? Of course there are. Well, I guess if you count every number as its own word, there's an infinite number of words. Hmm. Did you just ask if there are a million words? Yeah. Yeah, of course there are. Okay. All right. It's a lot of words. I don't know. I don't think I know a million words. Well, I do like one hasty two, generalization. Three, four, five, six, seven, I don't know eight. a million words, therefore there might not be a million words or must not just be. Just a lot of words. Yeah, but you gotta remember. How many do you really need? Like uh, ten. ten? Wow. <laughs> how did that happen? Uh <laughs> with words. That's how that happened. We only needed one, apparently. Yeah. Ten. Ten. ten yeah. Uh yeah, because English has so we have so many variations of different like like uh, you might say, oh, he's a pimp, meaning he's a cool dude that gets a lot of girls or whatever. You know, my dad would argue that there's only one definition of the word pimp um, from like the 70s. Mm-hmm. Pimp. Yeah, like know. Dolomite. Right. Um, he would argue that like when I was younger because I'd be like, oh, that dude's a pimp. You know, I would say that when I was like a teenager, apparently. And uh, he would get pissed off. And... Um, so we that's just you know one that that's one word that has multiple meanings. Mm-hmm. How many words out there have multiple meanings, or how many you know one uh, meaning has multiple words? Yeah, and so then you count and each then, one as a separate word. And then, but I'm looking at where you you said how many words are out there, and and then you got to look at different languages. Are you talking about just English? You're talking about all over, across the um, world. I was, th- I was being Anglo-centric. I was just thinking of the English language, and I was Only counting. Think each- of yourself, you racist. That's horrible. I don't know why I was thinking. I'm a linguistic cyst. Linguist. Yeah, it always makes me think of this uh, this cartoon though. It was this thing. It's like um, Mickey Mouse. No, it was it this thing called Saturday Morning Breakfast Cereal. It's a popular online cartoon. Yeah. And it was this thing like, know your linguistic philosophies. Because that thing, oh, there's only one definition of pimp. That is prescriptivist. And this cartoon is like, prescriptivist, somebody would be like saying, language is like gymnastics. There are rules and standards, and those who fail f- to follow them should be chastised. And then there's the descriptivist, who's like, language is like gymnastics. There are lots of forms, and none is preferable to any other. And then there's the pragmatist. Language is like gymnastics. There isn't a best gymnastics. But most of you are really shitty at gymnastics. I was just at a coffee shop yesterday and I was talking to 
the one owner, Jay, about language. And we kind of both agree that it's just like, as long as you know what somebody's saying, as long as you get the gist of it, mm-hmm. just accept that and call it a day. Right. And that would be the second one. Like, like yeah. that would be the second like, one. Like, I get be. what you're saying. I do, I do feel that people, like, it's funny because if you're going to go and say, like, they is doing this, they is going right to whatever, or they, they was going instead of they were, uh-huh. they was doing this, mm-hmm. I'm going to think that person is uneducated. Or they're talking about somebody who uses they, them pronouns. They was? Yeah. Yeah. Is was, yeah. But if we're not, if we're because is was are singular. But but we're talking We're talking a group of people. Yeah. Before right. before the, this pronoun thing was right. a uh thing, which you know you know my stance on that. I'm I'm not gonna call somebody they. I'm just not going to. I'm not gonna call a single person they. I'm not going to. I'm never going to. Uh not not gonna get into a debate about it. I'm and I'm not gonna apologize for it. If you are a person, you're you're if you prefer she i'll call you she for he i'll call you he i'm not calling you they not happening what if they want to be a donkey not happening a he her you are a you really wanted to get that joke in i love I that i told joke. you to save that for your stand-up bit i'm not doing stand-up you are doing stand-up you are doing stand-up we're gonna make you do it <laughs> you can't make me no, do I'm it. Gonna, yes i can i can make you do it um but yeah, obviously, if somebody says they is talking about a group of people, then yeah, it's like, okay. Or they was. Or they, they was. They yeah. was. They was going. I'm going to yeah. think that that person's uneducated. Right. It's 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 It sounds unrefined, I guess you could say. My like, dad would say that. Right. He would always it's say slangy. That. It's very slangy. He would always say no, they, they was they was doing this. And I'm like, wow, really, dude? Right. Because uh, my dad, believe it or not, was uneducated. He was afforded an education. Right. He just didn't. Would he say you know, use a lot? I don't, I don't no, know. No, my dad wasn't a use person. Like you guys or. He, was, uh, he wouldn't say that either. Yeah, I think all of you or just you. I think the correct thing is just say you, you. even though because you, you was also plural. But like use is almost like the. I never heard him say use. You, you, but I know a lot of people will. Like I said use as a kid. Right. It's like because they used to be thinking like, oh, in Philly, they say use in Pittsburgh, they say yins. Right. But, and then in the, the south, south, they say y'all. y'all. Yeah. So. And then the deep a, south, they say all y'all. All y'all. <laughs> yeah. Which is a whole lot of you all. Yeah. That's a that's lot all of all of you all. That's, that's what that means. All of you all. Yeah. All y'all is all you all. Huh. So let's jump into a time machine and go back to the first episode of Murder My Dude. Because uh, we did talk about Halloween there, and now Halloween Kills is is in development, which is the sequel to the the new Halloween, the Danny McBride Halloween, and they have two returning characters and one returning cast member from the original movie that are coming back for this one. Right? Yeah, you have uh, Kyle Richards, who's going to be playing uh, Lindsay Wallace, and then you have uh, you have Anthony Michael Hall coming to play Tommy Doyle. Who is taking the place of uh, the original Tommy Doyle? I don't remember his name. I don't have it off offhand. Uh, do you have it in the notes? Uh, I do not. I can look it up though. Oh, so yeah, these two characters were because you got to remember if you haven't seen this new Halloween, basically what they did is they kind of split the timeline from 
there's now three Halloween timelines. You have the original movies, which ran from Halloween to Halloween Resurrection. Then you have the Rob Zombie Halloweens, which are an entire other telling of the story. And now you have this new Halloween uh, where basically this new Halloween that came out last year, it is only considering the original Halloween movie as canon. I'm calling this the Mandela Halloween. The Mandela Effect Halloween? Yeah. The original Halloween universe, uh, it, it exploded in the Large Hadron Collider. And we are now in this new universe where there's a new Halloween. And that's where we are. So, Skylar Gisondo played Tommy Doyle in the original Halloween. No. Skylar Gisondo? No. Oh, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. Brian Andrews did. Okay. Oh, I think Skylar Gisondo played him in the Rob Zombie Halloween. My bad. Because it just said Halloween. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, Brian Andrews. Brian Andrews played Tommy Doyle. And he was also in the Great Santini. But yeah, so now it's Anthony Michael Hall, who has done a lot of things. He was in what? the? Uh, he was in the Brat Pack, right? And he was on SNL. Yes. He was in, what was that called? The 4400, I believe. Yeah. I just don't understand why why Brian Andrews is in it. Now, now I don't want to be one of those guys to blame the filmmakers for this. Because you'll see that all, you know, far too often where they will put the yeah they'll, they'll put the blame on the the filmmakers even though maybe the actor didn't want to do it right you know you'll see why couldn't so-and-so do this is maybe so-and-so didn't want to do that you know people get extremely uh selfish and really emotional about things and it's like it i don't know if it really matters does it really matter it does to some people because there's apparently a petition out now to have brian andrews play the role Okay. Yeah, so uh so yeah, some people have decided like no they just did this cuz they didn't want the original actor and they want us to they uh there's a change.org petition as of this recording zero signatures. I'm sorry. It took a while to load 237 signatures. We're and about to have 238 cuz I'm going to say 242. It. Oh, it keeps going up 242 now, 243. I'm just <laughs> that's going to be the rest of this episode. We're just going to count until it hits 500. It's it's flying up there. Wait a minute, how's it flying? If it did, they just discover this signature uh, when you said it. <laughs> did I they, don't know. Did they just discover it like literally right now? Because how is it flying up right now? This counter just keeps steadily ticking up. It's like if I was just to read it off, I would be counting. Okay, it's been staying at two sixty two for a while now. That's strange. But yeah, so I guess there is a movement afoot to try to get. So it just jumped up twenty Doyle. fucking people in a matter of a minute. You figure by th- just going by that math, it should have been already at five hundred. You would think, yeah, or maybe it's just some something with the way the page loads. Who knows? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Okay, it, it's a, but yeah, there is a movement to get the original Tommy Doyle back in it, and and why not? They've re- they've re- revived so many other roles. If this if this actor, like you said, if this actor does want to do it, why not put him in there? Like, I understand if you want to have name value, even though not necessarily for this movie, because really the the only person who's actually going to sell tickets uh, as far as being a movie star might be Jamie Lee Curtis. 
Like, I think, like, Judy Greer's a, a good actress. Nobody's going to buy a ticket to see Judy Greer, specifically. Right. Nobody's going to buy def, Nobody's gonna buy a ticket just because that wasn't going to buy it otherwise. But, oh, I'll, oh my I'll God, say, Anthony Michael Hall's in the movie. I'm in. Well, not Anthony Michael Hall playing Tommy Doyle, but there was somebody that played Tommy Doyle also that wasn't Brian Andrews. Um, was it Brian Doyle Murray? It wasn't. Uh. It was... Um, it was the curse of Michael Myers. It was Which, Paul Rudd. That was Halloween 6, right? Yeah. Yeah, if you get Paul Rudd, that's a name Paul, guy. Paul yeah. Rudd's a name value, man. And um, he, uh, yeah, he played Tommy Doyle and like, the, you know, an adult version of Tommy Doyle. And so what happens in that thing? Now, that's erased basically from this timeline. Right. All, all of that shit that happened. Yeah, Halloween 2 through Halloween Resurrection did not happen in this universe. Right. And so. definitely not the zombie Halloween. <laughs> I think that I think that any remake should just be kind of like an alternate universe yeah. version. It's like all the Batmans, you know. Mm-hmm. That's that's how you that's how you explain that. Yeah, there's going to be yet another one now. Another Batman? They talk, yeah, they're talking about having Pat- a black Batman in like a 2020 2021 movie. Well, how, no, they can't do that because they have Robert Pattinson coming out as Batman. I, th- I think they're doing like multiple what Batman movies. It's like the Spider-Man thing where you okay. have like a different Spider-Man every two seconds. Well, well like. Here I'm gonna go, I'm gonna do this. This is a controversial statement to make, but I'm a I'm one of these people that it just it makes sense to me. I don't want a Chinese Superman. I don't you know I want an American guy like that's that was racist. Robert Pattinson is British, isn't he? He's not. Oh, I think Superman. Okay. But they also had uh, oh Henry Cavill. Yeah, yeah Cavill. I said American, fucking racist. I meant white. <laughs> no, it sounds even more racist. That's what I want in a Superman. You know, I want that. Six foot three, mm-hmm. you know, dark haired with the, you know, just like the white guy. That's what I want him to be. Just like Black Panther. I want to be a black man. And Robert Pattinson is English. Okay. Yeah. Just neither here nor there, but he is. The fuck does that have to do with anything? Nothing. Oh. That's why I said it's neither here nor there. But okay. Yeah. And, and, I, um, I mean, it, uh, the I one thing I would say is if it's not Bruce Wayne, then maybe that, does that change? Right. No, no. That's, that's what I was going to say. That's why I'm completely okay with Miles Morales. Cause Miles Morales is, he's, what's he like? Half black, half Hispanic. I believe so. Yeah. Uh, love Miles Morales as Spider Man because he's Miles Morales. Oh, okay. I was wrong anyway. Uh, the, the, the Black Batman's not a movie thing. It might be a comic. Okay. Yeah. Do it, but as long as he's not Bruce Wayne, that's where I have a problem. I don't like that. Oh God, it's so, it, it's so bad that I said American like Asians are. It's pre- yeah, it looks like it might be this existing character. I'm Duke sorry, Thomas. Asians, you're so fucking like you just you just you, you're you're like good little schoolboys, you know. You don't get in trouble. You kind of forget you're there sometimes, you know. I think as when I think of Americans, I think black, white, Latino, really. <laughs> I don't even consider Asians American. Uh, that's what that, that's what I was saying. That's that's what I'm saying. It's like I feel like they can come over here, open up a couple shops, and leave. You know. <laughs> but yeah, it actually looks like it, it would likely be not Bruce Wayne. It might even be an, like I said, an existing character that's been around since 2013. Uh, he's the Signal now. Duke Thomas is the name of the character. Oh, the Signal. Okay, yeah, that sounds familiar. They yeah. may wind up making him Batman. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I, I'm I'm completely okay with, you know, like scenarios like that where you take a pre-existing uh, character and he becomes Batman. He, you know, he takes the mantle as Batman. Okay, cool. Like, I think it was cool that Dick Grayson wanted to be in Batman for a little bit right. in the comics. Yeah, I liked. Uh, so Dick Grayson became 
And then there was a... Um, Wasn't it Damian Wayne for a minute, too? Damian Wayne. I know they made him Robin in the new 52. Yeah, there was a... Who the heck? Asriel or as as something like that. There was this, this one dude. He became he became like a Batman, but he was kind of like a douchebag. Oh, kind of like Bruce Wayne then. Because <laughs> Bruce Wayne's kind of a douchebag. Kind of a douchebag. And yeah. then Batman's like truth and justice. So yeah, there's Halloween's coming up, uh, Knives Out's coming up, and we're moving on. We're moving on to the Florida Man game. Oh, so um, we did play this once before on the main show. I figured we might bring it out here and there a little bit when we need a break from from the. Uh, this I'm not emergency. playing it unless I get two dollars. <laughs> so Hex Hollow. <laughs> All right, Florida Man game. Fine. Uh, so basically, the way this works is. We take these Florida Man stories, and it's it's a meme. Like, there's that whole thing, Google Florida Man on your birthday and see what wacky story you get. We're going to find two Florida stories, and I'm going to make one up. And we're going to see if you can figure out which one is the real story, or which one is the fake story, and which two are the real stories. So one is fake, two are real. Okay. And you have to find the fake. Okay. And these all have to do with, we're going to kind of stay topical here, even though it kind of, it looks like it's missing Florida and going to hit the Carolinas and Georgia and, and all that. We're, these are all associated with Hurricane Dorian, which looks like, looked like for a while was going to just slam into Florida. And so this is all like weather related, Florida related. The first story is via Rolling Stone magazine, and it's about the Rolling Stones. How about that? So the Rolling Stones were first scheduled to take the stage in Miami on April 20th of this year, but that show had to be scrapped early in the planning stages of their 2019 tour due to a necessary heart operation for their lead singer, Mick Jagger. Not wanting to leave Miami without a show, the band wound up moving the date to August 31st, which is the end of their tour. This is actually, this is actually the last show of the tour. Not knowing that the show would be scheduled as the region was bracing for a major hurricane. Dorian's slow path to mainland U.S. meant that the show was able to go on, but not without a degree of irony. The band played one of their all-time greatest hits, Gimme Shelter, as the encore for that show, and fittingly, it began to pour down rain in this open-air stadium as Mick Jagger sang the opening lines, A storm is threatening my very life today. Okay. So that's story one. Uh, a storm is threatening my very life today as Florida's bracing for a hurricane, and as Mick Jagger's singing it, the stadium just gets engulfed in a rainstorm. Right. Story number two comes to the Daily Mail. A popular Florida grocery store chain is under fire for a cake design some are decrying as tasteless. But others can see the good humor in. As Dorian grew in strength and seemed to have the sunshine state in its sights, several Publix bakeries released a cake with blue icing resembling the water surrounding most of the state, green icing representing Florida itself, and a red swirling hurricane surrounded by white icing wind that was fast approaching Florida. And people weren't happy about this, and they went to social media to complain. Because they're like, yeah, this is insensitive. You're uh, making a hurricane cake. You're, you're upsetting the hurricanes. Well, you're upsetting people who have lived through this before, I guess. Hey, guess what? We all live through shit, you know? Thank you for your feedback on the cakes, Public's social media team responded to an angry customer. It's never our goal to offend anyone with the products we offer, and I apologize that we let you down. Individual locations did make some of the hurricane cakes you've seen, and I will personally share your feedback on this cake. Yeah, I wouldn't change it. I would just keep doing it. I, I don't know if they kept doing it or not. Oh, uh, they should have. So that's story number two. 
Story number three is via the Miami Herald. Uh, this is where I'm at in life at this point. Mm-hmm. That it's like you're offended. Okay, you know, like just so what? Then don't buy the cake. And I didn't. No, but but I'm not offended by. No, it. I'm saying, but like I just don't understand why people think that. Say I I'm hurt by that. I'm offended. You need to do something. You need to change this for me. Okay, I'm upset about this. Like, you know, what I had cancer. What if I never want to hear the word cancer again because it triggers me? Because I just I think of I think of my 11 hour operation and I think of all the fucking shit that I went through. And I think, of you know, like all this negative stuff mm-hmm. that was, you know, attached to when I had cancer. And I just don't want to fucking be bothered with the word anymore. And then I walk around. And I just see fuck cancer on people's cars or I see, um, you know, Susan G. Komen or I see I get ready for that. That's next month connor's uh cure or whatever like and i just start seeing all these things and i'm like you're just reminding me of things that i don't want to talk about right mm-hmm. should i complain do i have the right to complain about it yes i have the right to complain about it but it should fall on deaf ears because i can just like go about my fucking business and and just go hey you know what life goes on except for when it doesn't right especially when you have cancer well for some people. For some people, yeah. Because I, my life went on. I think. Yeah. Or did, At or, least for now. Or did it? You're still on the table. This is all a dream. <laughs> is it? But what happened immediately after your surgery? What do you mean? What happened the next weekend? The day you came home from your operation, from being in the hospital, oh God, the what Eagles happened? The Eagles won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Think about oh, don't, it. Don't say that because... This is a Jacob's Ladder moment. Wake because up. Because I've smoked... Wake up. Don't say that. Don't say that because there might be some reality where like... That is, you know, the thing is, I am still laying on the table. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. That happened. Right. Come on. Oh, wait. Does that still mean I'm stuck with my ex? Mm, possibly. All right. Let's move on. So, uh, story number three. A Palmetto Bay car dealer is under fire for a promotion that most are considering in poor taste at best and downright dangerous at worst. Glenn Malatano, the owner and general Fake manager name. of Coral Re... Huh? Uh, the owner and general manager of Coral Reef Chrysler and Jeep is under fire for a now-canceled promotion he dubbed Ride It Out, Ride It Home. This is why we need headphones, so I can say something low and you don't have to scream across the room, Huh? Eh? <laughs> for a uh, now-canceled promotion he dubbed Ride It Out, Ride It Home, where a lucky contestant would have been able to drive home with a brand new car, provided they were able to stay in it longer than any of the other contestants. Malatano was planning on choosing three contestants to stay in his dealership, which he planned on boarding up, where all three would need to stay in a car parked on the showroom floor, with them only being allowed to leave for very sporadic meal and bathroom breaks. The person who lasted the longest would have won the car they were staying in. The combination of negative response and during trending northward led to the promotion being canceled. So one of these stories is fake. Is it the Rolling Stones playing Gimme Shelter in the rain? Uh, with a hurricane approaching, right. is it the Cro- uh, Kroger uh, Publix. Publix Publix hurricane cake, mm-hmm. or is it the I call them hurricanes, hurricane the hurricanes, or the uh, ride it out, ride it home promotion? I kind of fell asleep during that story. Um, I hope you didn't write that one because that was boring. 
Uh, I'm going to say that the that the fake one. I like the first story, so I want to say that you wrote that because I really liked that one. I think you wrote the second one, the Hurricane Cakes. Yeah, you have lost the Florida Man game. Wow, that is real. The Rolling Stone story is real. I made up the car dealership story. <coughs> there is not a car dealership that wants people to stay in their cars during a hurricane. While the car Wait, is that the one that I say put me to sleep? Yeah. Oh, sorry. That's okay. It's all right. Uh, see, now I'm just going to be like, this is why I can't write. Because my writing puts people to sleep. Okay. So, I think that puts you at like 3-3 three and three all time for the Florida Man game. Yeah, we shouldn't play that anymore. All right. That was the final episode of the Florida Man game. <laughs> now unless, here's Sex Hall. Unless it's for money. So, uh, our feature story is Hex Hollow. Um, this was actually... I've known about this for years from uh, from my ex, who grew up in this area, in York County. Mm-hmm. She grew up in York County, and I heard all about Hex Hollow, which... And, and the paint a picture, York County is at the very southern part of Pennsylvania. Right. It's, it's on the, like the Maryland border. Yeah. It's uh, southeast Pennsylvania, but not like Philly area, like so to west the lo- of that. To the locals there, they call it Ray Myers Hollow. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what we know it as Hex Hollow. There's a uh, an Amazon special, right? Uh, there's a an Amazon. It's a movie on Amazon. Yeah, if you have Amazon know, Prime, it's it wasn't free to a watch. special. It wasn't like yeah. I don't think it was made specifically for Amazon. No, no. But I think that now that you brought that up, Amazon does do a, a show. You know that podcast lore. Yeah, yeah. I think the actual podcast, not the Amazon show, but the podcast lore, did a thing on Hex Hollow. Okay. Yeah, um, that's how I found out about it. So we were doing a uh, we were doing a, the, the show called Secret Symposium, which is one of the working titles that we had. Right. Macabre Club, Secret Symposium. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Macabre Club. I, I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it as an actual like as a as a club, kind of like a, a horror club, right. or uh, just a podcast, like a like a fictional podcast like um what would you call that kind of almost like a mockumentary documentary yeah or yeah just a fictional podcast yeah yeah um i wasn't sure what i wanted to do with it and then ended up changing the name to secret symposium and it ended up being about what these people coming to hang out at this like yeah it was about this club where people would gather and tell stories and things like that it was kind of like uh, an adult version of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Exactly what it was. Yeah. So instead of, you know, a meeting of the Midnight Society, it was a meeting of the Macabre Club. And they would tell mainly it would be like real stories. Like we would have things about like Edgar Allan Poe and the Hex Hollow. And, and the members of it would uh, research these stories and write their own write their own story mm-hmm. about it. And uh, I did one on the Toy and Bee Tiles. That, yeah. was, that was mine. And Edgar Allan Poe. And Edgar Allan Poe. The Poe Toaster, more yeah. specifically. I did one on the Ghost Writers, for some reason. I was going to do one on the Max Headroom incident. Our buddy Nate did one on the Phoenix Lights, because he's a big UFO guy. Yeah. And my ex did the uh, Ray Myers Hollow. And yeah. so, that's, yeah, that's, I, I knew a lot about it, because she grew up, like, going 
to that area, you know, mm-hmm. to uh, going there. Because a lot of these places, and even where we're at now, which is a little farther north, uh, these rural Pennsylvania areas are very tight-knit. They're very much like everybody knows everybody. Because most people, like, they don't have a lot of people leaving. So or, or, or they have a lot of people leaving, but they don't have a lot of people coming in. So if you're an outsider, like, people know it. And and, and they'll let know you know that you're an outsider. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so, so this one, uh, so yeah, it's a very tight knit thing. So that's why she would have known about it. And this one does require a little bit of setup to understand the life and death of Nelson Remeyer. You have to have an understanding of the Pennsylvania Dutch community, especially at that time that Remeyer was alive. Which, just to put a time frame on this, this is the latter half of the 19th century, first quarter of the 20th. Uh, he died in 1928. The Pennsylvania Dutch community. First things first, if you don't know, the Dutch in that name has nothing to do with the Netherlands or Holland or whatever you want to call it. It's instead a derivative of Deutsch. Pennsylvania Dutch people are German. And many Pennsylvanians, especially ones outside of the larger, more diverse areas of Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, had strong ties to their German heritage. Uh, and, And even really the Pennsylvania Dutch heritage itself was its own thing. Like there's even Pennsylvania Dutch words that aren't really German or aren't really English. They have their own culture. They have their own customs. It's a, it's a very, very unique thing to that area. And one of the more mysterious and fascinating parts of that culture is powwow. Had you heard of powwow before the Hex Hollow thing or, or no? Um, no, I don't think so. Because I've not- been to a powwow, right. but that's, you know, it's different. Yeah. And that's what most people think of when they hear that word, like a, a Native American thing. And that's that's where the word came from. It bled into the community through the native tribes in the area. And powwow is a form, and I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of this. It's a form of what Germans would call uh, broccoli, not the vegetable you would eat, but like a like a folk magic, like Christian healing kind of. Uh, powwow took the form of what I just said, folk healing. Uh, more specifically, it was a faith faith based medicine derived from middle-aged catholic mysticism they think and that that's something that really religion had for a long time like you'd always hear like old italian ladies could put a hex on people uh, you know you'd always have things like that and, and powwow was kind of the german form of this and it was this it was almost like a directed prayer these people who would practice powwow they thought they could channel uh god through prayer to heal people and many believe there is also a more sinister form of the practice where one could hex somebody else that they chose. And for those who were involved in that darker side of powwow, there were even spell books. There were things like hexes you could put on people and different ways to break the hexes and this whole thing. And one of these go-to spell books that's very common, you can even find it to this day, I think, is a book called The Long Lost Friend. And that was put out in 1820. It was written by John George Homan, who was a German immigrant and a powwow practitioner at the time. He was also a teacher of powwow. He would train other people to do it. And he moved from Germany to Reading, Pennsylvania. So that's where where the uh, the long-lost friend came in. And that does play into our story much later. But the, the centerpiece of our story is going to be Nelson D. Raymeyer. His family settled in York County. And it was three brothers who were Ray Meyer's ancestors. They bought a 96-acre stretch of hand, uh, land, not hands. They should have bought, uh, how, how many acres was it? 96. They should have bought 96 acres of ham. Hmm. 
I, see, the problem is, I think if you ate that much ham, it would go bad before you were done. Or if yeah, you had you that much ham. feed a lot of people. Yeah, if you have a big family, I guess, or you're just giving out to Or, the, you know, the homeless people. Yeah. yeah. You can feed so many homeless people with 96 acres of ham. You're right. Yeah. So that area is now Spring Valley County Park. Uh, I think that's the official name for the, the area. It's much more commonly known as either Remeyer's Hollow, like you said, or Hex Hollow is kind of the nickname of it. Nelson- Most people, they call it Ray Myers Hollow. Yeah, if you're local, you call it Ray Myers Hollow. And Ray Meyer himself, Nelson Ray Meyer, was a farmer by trade, mainly grew potatoes there. And he was also known for his skills as a powwow he- healer. If people were sick or they had a sick family member, they would come to Nelson and he would fix them up. In the late 1800s, Ray Meyer assisted a five-year-old boy named John Blymeyer, who was seemingly wasting away. He was all skin and bones, as they would say. Likely that was because of malnutrition, though his family suspected that John Blymeyer, at five years old, was hexed. And Ray Meyer told Blymeyer's father to have the young John, the young boy, the young John, urinate into a pot before sunrise. So they did have a pot to piss in, so they weren't too hexed. Uh, so he told uh, Ray, uh, John Blymeyer's father to have him urinate into a pot before sunrise, and then they were to boil an egg in that urine, punch three small holes into the egg, and leave the egg on an anthill. When the ants would eat the egg, Ray Meyer now, told what them, I John would be know, What I want to know is who initially did this to figure this would fucking work? I think, it's like, okay, what can we get them to believe? Tell them they got to piss in a pot and then boil an egg. I don't think so. I don't think so because I think that. Yeah, I think. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Go that's ahead. today. That's shit that we would do yeah. today. That we would sit around thinking, what kind of fucking yeah. shit that, you know, well, an idiot, uh, you know, today just right. buy. Back then. Oh, I, yeah. They totally believe this shit. It was like trial and error, I guess. Well, that maybe they're thinking, okay, well, maybe the hex is in the, the urine. And then if you boil the urine, it gets infused in the egg and then you can pass it on to the ant. Who knows? <laughs> Oh boy. But then you also, like you said, it's trial and error, and with that in mind, John Blymeyer did recover. And he actually went on a couple years later when he was around 10 to work at the Raymeyer Potato Farm. And then he became a kind of a powwow prodigy as a young kid. He uh, he would do powwow himself on people. He, and legend had it, he cured a co-worker who had a wheel on their eye, like one of those little, like, like bumps on their eye. Okay. They said he, like, made it just fall off almost immediately there was also this legend that he had there was a rabid dog out in front of the workplace one day and he went up to the dog held his hand out calmed the dog down and the dog stopped foaming at the mouth and shortly after this john started to suffer from the same ails that he went through when he was five and he started to kind of lose his powwow mojo like he it wasn't working for him anymore he lost a lot of weight he couldn't sleep and he became convinced, and he's around like 13, 14, 15 at this time, he became convinced that someone had put a hex on him. By the time John was 19, he was dangerously thin. He, at some points, and he, he wasn't like super tall, but he at some points he was under 100 pounds. And he became obsessed with the idea that he was hexed and he had to break this hex that was put on him. But he was never fa- able to find out who had put the curse on him to begin with. And that was something that was very important. If you ha- if you needed to break a hex, you had to find out who put it on you. Like, it's that whole thing, oh, like, the witch, you have to go to the witch to put the curse on you to take it off. And so it was the same thing here. But despite having these physical and mental woes and apparently being cursed, John married and had children. 
Sadly, both of his children died in infancy. One died, I think, after three days, and one was like five weeks. And that only drove John further down this path of I'm hexed, I'm hexed, I'm hexed, I'm like, I need to break this. And he was told by a feared powwower, Andrew Leonard, who some people thought was a black magician, he was told by Andrew that the hex was placed on him by someone very close. And after that, John began to suspect his wife. Lenhart. Lenhart. Is that how you would say that? Yeah, around there, like, there's like Lanehart's. Okay. They they pronounce it like, you know. Okay, so Andrew Lenhart was this feared powwow practitioner. Uh, and he told, he told John Blymeyer that someone very close to you put this spell on you. So John started to suspect that his wife, Lily, had done it. And fearing for her own safety, Lily had John examined under a court order. And it was determined that John was insane, and he was committed to an asylum about 25 miles away in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. But, back then they didn't really have tight controls on these insane asylums. He was able to escape after about 48 days in the insane asylum and made the long trip back home to York on foot. He walked there. But like I was kind of saying, escape is a bit of a stretch. He walked out the front door and nobody really bothered to look for him. <laughs> like, like, like he escaped, like like you escape from work every day. Well, I mean, but it's escape because he's supposed to yeah, be. Yeah, he's supposed to be there. Right. But he wasn't tracked down. He even got one of his old jobs back working in a cigar factory. And Lily wanted nothing to do with this, so she left her husband. They got divorced. In the late 1920s, John Blymeyer consulted with another very renowned and very uh, feared mystic in the area. And this would be uh, somebody who was born Emma Knopt. Oh! Or Knopt, I think they said, because I, I think they heard, did hear this name said. This is the, uh, the River Witch of Marietta. Yes. Nellie Knoll. Not Marietta, Georgia. Marietta, Pennsylvania, which is right along the Susquehanna River. Do they have a hat company? Not anymore. Their hats were just flimsy and cheap and they I shut down after a while. I grew up in South Philly mm-hmm. and I, I went to Catholic school and a girl that uh, it's, it, this, is, this is weird too. I kept having like these, these thoughts like, oh, I wonder how so-and-so is doing, you know? Right. Like, I, I would think of this girl. I haven't seen her since I was a kid. I was like, I wonder how she's doing, you know? I wonder what she's up to. That very day, I get a fucking Facebook friend request from her. Oh, wow. Yeah. Dead serious. Mm-hmm. Now, somebody will go, see? See? That means, uh, to me, that means coincidence. Yeah. You know? But other people don't believe in coincidence how many how many people do you think of in a given day that don't request you on facebook or over a year well i don't know what that has to do with a person i haven't seen since i was a kid and think that has nothing to do it that's not well no i think that's like a confirmation bias if you really believe because i'm not talking about you because you don't believe it's some kind of mystic thing i don't know that it's if it's a mystic thing or not like we don't know it is you 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 will convince yourself that it's not other than well, no, I'm not. It's not like 100, percent but I, I. But I, I think it's strange as hell that I don't hear from this person since I'm a kid, right. and think of this person, and then that very same fucking day, it's like I willed it into existence. Like strange. Like yeah. Like I don't see this person in 20, 30 years or whatever. No, 20 something years, and you know, all of a sudden. 
they're messaging me on or friend requesting me on Facebook. Right. Again, probably coincidence, just coincidence. Mm-hmm. But we got to leave room for some shit. Uh, anyway, this girl lives in Marietta. Oh, wow. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. So strange. And it's funny is because I lived near there. Oh, okay. I lived in Mount Joy for six months. Right. Uh, you know, I lived in Lancaster County. Uh, county. Yeah, that's that's what they're called. They're called counties. For five days. Okay. That was <laughs> county. Um, so, Emma Knopf is also known as Nellie Knoll, the River Rich of Marietta, as you said. And there's very little known about her. We were doing show prep. I remember you were asking me, like, what happened to her? What happened to her? Nobody knows. Couldn't find shit. I yeah. couldn't find shit on Nellie Knoll when my ex was uh, researching. I couldn't find anything. I couldn't find a doggone thing about Nellie Knoll. Cool name, though. Yeah, very cool name. And... Yeah, like there's certain things where they said she was very old at that point she looked like a witch she had like the the long nose that would hook at the end and she was all hunched over she, uh, some people are saying she could have been as old as 90 at this point so that like just very surrounded in mystery she's probably 50 yeah she probably fits just looked 90 yeah and she's probably 50. she probably didn't even look 90 she's probably 50 she's probably all right looking yeah you know you never know. And it's believed that John Blymeyer saw Nellie over six separate visits, which cost him $5 each, and that Nellie revealed to her to John Blymeyer that Nelson Raymeyer, who was now 60 years old, was the person who had put the hex on him. And to break free... This bitch is drama. Yeah, totally, totally. To break free, Nellie told John he'd have to get a lock of Nelson's hair and bury it eight feet underground. And this is shit why people fucking hate witches. Yes. Shit like this is why they hate them. You know, like, you could sit there and say, oh, we we need to protect... Look, I have... uh, So, we live in the same house, but basically, you're never in the living room. I basically live in my bedroom. But you don't... You go through the, the living room to come in and out of the house, and that's about it. Yeah. My kids are, you know, really uh, are the ones that hang out in the living room. Well, there's two doorways in the in the living room. There's one that goes in and out of the house, and then there's one that goes between the, the living room and the dining room. Above both doorways is a broom. Mm-hmm. Okay? And I have a Salem uh, doormat, and I have a Salem, like, wall-hanging thing. Right. I love witchcraft. I love the idea of stuff like that. I had an altar, uh, you know, as an atheist, we, we talked about this before. I don't necessarily believe in like the mystical magical powers or anything like that, but I love the idea of it. It's a fun night. It's a fun concept. Yeah. I love the idea of it. And so, you know, I just, I have that stuff. I kind of, I don't know. Is it, you know, and now people that are serious about it will, will basically be like, Oh, you're just, you're playing pretend and it's disrespectful it's and appropriation. Yeah. They can yeah. Pro- I'm sure somebody will say that. Um, which to me is I, there, there's no such thing to me as you can't have, you can't want a melting pot, but then get mad at when you're, you know, mixing the ingredients together. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's a good assessment. You, you can't, you can't do that. You can't say I want to stop segregation, but then when a white guy makes a fucking taco, you get pissed off. You know, you you can't do that. You, it's it's ridiculous. Or like when a white family adopts a black baby, you can't you can't sit there and go, oh, I think that guy is going to rape that little kid because I saw that today. Literally, right? I saw that today. That that ticked me the fuck off. Uh, family adopts a, a white baby and people freak out. You know, like like there's some kind of ulterior motive instead of hey, they just want to provide a better life for these kids that were abandoned. Anybody that adopts children, as long as they are treating those children well, uh, all more power to them. Yeah. More power to them. So, I um, I don't know, man. I, 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 I ignore, first of all, when people bring up cultural appropriation. I ignore it. It's silly. Uh, I, I think it's divisive. I think that it's it's just it's not needed you yeah, know it's, I, I hear you it's not needed i don't want to hear that that uh white people can't have dreadlocks or so you know so this culture can't tell because because i'm irish and you know on saint patrick's day everybody is welcome to wear a red beard and a silly fucking leprechaun hat you, you know what i mean fair enough and fucking look for their pot of gold and drink whatever uh, Guinness and fucking Jack. Uh, I do like Guinness. I was gonna say Jack Daniels. Well, <laughs> Jack Daniels, that old Irish. Oh, it says it's whiskey, and I'm sure he was fucking. Was he, Jack Daniel? Was he? Uh, he could, it sounds more of an English name. Yeah. But, yeah. All right. Whatever. Everybody's Irish on St. Patrick's Day. Even Jack Daniel. Even Jack Daniel. So yeah. So back to the the curse and how to break it. He needed a lock of Nelson. Who did? John Blymeyer. Oh, Blymeyer. Yeah. John Blymeyer was that told old, by... <laughs> that old... What did Bill Hicks say? That old... Uh, oh, that old... No, not scad. I forget. That old whip. That old whip. That yeah. old... So, Blymeyer was told by Nellie Knoll that he needed a lock of Nelson Raymeyer's hair to bury eight feet underground, and he also needed to get Nelson's spell book, which was, again, that that trusted friend book, or... Now I forget the name of the book, but he needed Nelson's spell book, too. And he needed to burn the spell book. Right. And John Blymeyer had a lot of respect for, for Nelson Ray Meyer and initially did not believe that this close family friend that healed him when he was a child would have put the hex on him. And what they said happened, I'm guessing this is coming from John Ray Meyer himself or John Blymeyer himself is that Nellie Knoll put a dollar bill in the palm of his hand, and when she moved the dollar bill away, Nelson Raymeyer's face appeared on his palm. Oh, gosh. I'm sure oh, that man. actually literally happened. Yeah. And this isn't a crazy person saying this happened. Right. And so now Nelson, or John Blomeyer has this the name of the person he's been looking for forever, and it's time to act on it. There's a problem, though. What's Despite that? being nearly half Nelson's age, remember Nelson Raymeyer is sixty at this point. Right. John was still likely no match for him because John's about thirty-four, and John, as we said earlier, is a little lanky guy. At some points in his life, he was under a hundred pounds. He's always been sickly and, and frail and skinny. Nelson Raymeyer is six-two and well over two hundred pounds. He's he's a hoss for that time. He's a big man. 
And so, so John Blymeyer's got to get help. And he finds help by convincing two local teenagers, 18-year-old Wilbert Hess and 14-year-old John Curry, that their families have been hexed by Nelson Raymeyer as well. And it was actually Wilbert Hess's father that had been motivating him to go with this. So Wilbert Hess and John Curry go with John Blymeyer uh, to Raymeyer's Hollow to confront the witch. And now we're breaking into our third act here. Blymeyer, Hess, and Curry make their way to Raymeyer's Hollow on November 27th, 1928. The three actually first met with Nelson's estranged wife. They lived apart because Nelson's wife did not like this powwow shit. And she didn't want anything to do with it. So she lived on a house over a hill from him. They were still married, but they lived apart. And That's a perfect fucking marriage. And they would actually meet up once a week and he would drop off his laundry and pick up the clean laundry. Too. Um... So after they talk to her for a little bit, they make their way to Nelson's home, where Blymeyer asked for, quote, the book. Nelson denied even having a spell book, and the three visitors attacked him. They wound up beating Nelson with a piece of wood so badly, or so bad, that they cracked his skull. And they did well, they didn't do it badly. Uh, they cracked Nelson's skull and caused a cerebral hemorrhage, and he went down. He was out. It's unclear whether Nelson died instantly, but the three attackers thought he died. And that meant the Hex was dead too. So they didn't need to take his hair. They didn't do all this other stuff. And in an attempt to hide the evidence of their crimes, John Blymeyer and his co-conspirators poured lamp oil all over Nelson's body. And they set him on fire. And they hoped that the fire would spread and burn the house down. It didn't. And some believe to this day that it was that powwow magic that kept the house up. But Nelson, Nelson Raymeyer died, so the magic wasn't that powerful. Right. And uh, when Nelson's body was found a few days later, suspicion fell on Blymeyer, Hess, and Curry after Nelson's wife told police they were there. And all three involved immediately said, yeah, we did it. In fact, John Blymeyer was like, yeah, I did it. I was hexed. What did you want me to do? And he was telling the police how relieved he was now that his hex had been broken. So this begat, begets the York Witch Trials, and this puts that area... In the national spotlight. Like, we shared a thing on Facebook. The New York Times had an article about this. This was big news. As, as big as nationwide news could be at this time before you really had mass media and cable news and TV in general. And even radio was still in its infancy at this point. This was in a lot of newspapers. Uh, the people were like, I can't believe there's still this witchcraft bullshit. The Salem witch, witch trials were so long ago, I thought we were done with this. And all of the defendants were ultimately found guilty. You know, in defense of that, there are uh, there's still countries over in Af Africa that still people are still getting burned alive for witchcraft. Yeah, yeah, this is something that's, that hasn't gone away to this day. Yeah, so so that's what I'm saying. It's like this is 1929, and people are like, ah. What the fuck? You know, witch trials are so long ago. Dude, no, they're still going on. This is why some people are are like, you know, we need to kind of, you know, we need to, um, we need more civilization, really. We need to kind of get some of these people out of these dark times. Some people are like, no, just let them go. Let them do their own thing. But that's what happens when you go and you let them do their own thing. They start burning people for witchcraft. In, yeah. in modern times like it's, it's kind of why we need to step in sometimes and and uh 
Like militarily, like invade these places? Um, or? No. Like how would you do that? With a military. Okay. Well, then, then yes. <laughs> but um, no, no, no. You asked how you would do right. that. You said militarily, how would you do that? So my answer was with the military. Um, should we go in and, and invade Africa <laughs> and well, all I mean, these places? No, no, no. It's not like Africa's one big place either. There's like right. so many different areas. Well, it is one big place. Well, it, yes. It is one big it's place. It's not one big country. No. Though, well, there's I mean. multiple countries. How many countries are in Africa? At least seven. There's way more than seven. Well, you said at least. Uh, you know, I... Uh, possibly even more than that uh now there's i i 40 50 something like that i think yeah. like somewhere between 40 50 maybe a little more Where's botswana botswana is in africa uh, yeah i know where uh i'm not sure i'm not very good with Af- african geography yeah. i know south africa is in the south okay i know somalia is in the northeast yeah fuck. liberia is like the northwest i know uh, i know northeast is uh nigeria is kind of egypt. in the center ish egypt is northeast egypt is northeast yeah egypt and somalia are very close yeah. together where's morocco is that in uh it's more like the middle east i think morocco is it maybe it's not see i'm hard no, i'm I, adding myself as being horrible at geography i could have swore morocco was like it's in that africa europe area i could like, swore it was yeah but i could swore it was more west I don't know. We're just doubting ourselves of being horrible at geography. God, I'm awesome at it, especially when I go to Google. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, just getting back to the the New York witch trials. All three were found guilty. Wilbert Hess was found guilty of second degree murder. His two co-conspirators were both uh, guilty of first degree murder. One controver- controversial ruling by the presiding judge said that any mention of Hess's where black magic would be omitted from the confessions of the three men. They tried to frame it as a robbery gone wrong, and that had nothing to do with hexing. Morocco's below Spain. Okay, so it is more like a Europe. I said Asia. Yeah, Europe. Uh, Europe, Africa, like that area. Like Greece is around. Well, no, you said Middle East, but it's the other. I I, was, I'm an idiot. I was thinking of Turkey, not Morocco. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's me just being ignorant about that, that area of the world. And so, yeah, they tried to just frame it up. And even the judge was trying to make it look like a robbery gone wrong when they were doing this confession. But the, the topic of witchcraft was brought up during Blymeyer's trial because the prosecution actually brought it up, which made it admissible. Well, there was a uh, there was a thing that I saw, and this was uh, the York Daily Record, which I believe I was actually uh, in uh, pictures of me, the ex, and the... When I was when I did one of the Bernie Sanders okay, rallies, yeah, I, yeah. I think it was New York Daily Record. Um, I'll just read a little thing from it. It says, uh, "This moment is often uh, talking about the hex murder. It's like this moment is often trivial, uh, trivialized, but it's a tragedy. A man was killed in a gruesome manner after a home invasion. Yeah, it wasn't a home invasion. They came back. They were welcome there because they stayed there the night before. A home invasion is." He doesn't know that these people are breaking into his house. Right. They were there. They were welcome to the house. They yeah, the left. Myers and the Blymeyers were like friendly. Right. I mean, he worked there. Yeah. You know, he worked on a potato farm and everything. But but to say home invasion is like a breaking and entering scenario right, where. Which is what they tried to make it sound like. Like, that's what the judge and the prosecution made it sound like. Like a robbery gone wrong. Not this guy. Uh, took advantage. Yeah, not this guy. John Blymeyer is obsessed with hexes. He's mentally ill. He's literally an escaped mental patient. Yeah. And he killed a guy because of it. 
And um, so. Wilbur- and, and oh, I'm sorry. Well, well, let me let me get back to the what I'm saying here. Uh, I was reading this this awful typo in here. It's so terrible. Uh, so it says, "This moment is often trivialized, but it's a tragedy. A man was killed in a gruesome manner after a home invasion, all alone in a spot that is so remote that it's hard to explain its location. It's really not." Uh, a couple of, of other serious points. It's a story of how society failed to address. The needs of the mentally ill, John Blymeyer. Okay. I agree with that. I, I disagree with that. What are you supposed to do with that? Uh, it says how society failed to address the needs of the mentally ill. Okay. What do you do at this point when, when there's somebody? So, uh, uh, John Blymeyer. Okay. Let's just, he's mentally ill, right? Uh huh. Where, where do you go? What do you what do you do about that? Somebody that's that's mentally ill. That's a hard question. That's a question you're facing now because right, right, facing now in 2019. Yeah. This is 1929. Because this is what the Republicans are saying is the issue with guns. It's not a gun issue. It's a mental health issue. Is what they're saying. How do you fix? Well, that? they because they're taking it off of guns, right. and putting it on mental health. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're also the same ones that that were against mental health checks right. for buying guns, mm-hmm. and so. So, you know, hey, fuck you. Um, my point is, is that you can't just say mental health and act like, you know, we could just go and grab a guy and say, all right, well, there's me- you need, you know, mental, uh, you need help. Right. Be- it- because they, they need to want that help. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like a 12 step program. Unless it's court appointed, you know, right. you don't have to do a 12-step program or anything like that mm-hmm. so and and most people don't want that help yeah can you you know have you ever argued with somebody who's drunk yes really uh-huh okay when you're arguing with somebody who's drunk it's really hard to convince you know them that they're wrong in this situation because you'll argue and you'll be like dude you're drunk and they're like you're drunk it's like i didn't even drink right you know like i'm not the one drinking you're you're intoxicated you're not thinking with a rational mind you know and then they'll and there's the flip side of that which it's a doug i'm still from the comedian doug stanhope where like if you are drunk even if you are right you're wrong because even if you even if you're right they'll be like well you're drunk yeah but then don't argue when you're drunk that's 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 probably the best answer for that um but that but my point is is that you know, it's hard to get somebody when they're in that state of mind to want to agree to something like that, you know, yeah. to, to, to agree to help, uh, getting help. So trying to get somebody that's mentally ill to, you know, like understand that he's mentally ill is fuck. That's a task. Dude. That, yeah, and especially with like, there's no easy answer for that, but and how are you going to do it in 1929? Exactly. Where we don't even like Freud, nobody even fucking knows who freud is at that point in, in the united states yeah. so psychiatry is in its infancy like they're still doing lobotomies on people and shit right so, right like, yeah it's, it's, i mean they, you i guess you for you could force them and that's what i'm against i'm against forcing somebody you know just to like just because you know oh i think this guy's crazy 
So we need to just force him, unless he breaks the law. Right. And, and Or, like, they're like, oh, we'll just lock him up in an, in, a, in, a, in an insane asylum. They did with this guy. And well, he got they, out. Yeah, after, after, yeah, but what was he, what did he do initially? Uh, he was deemed insane. Like, his wife petitioned, because his wife was af- afraid for her safety, and they had somebody look at him and say, oh, no, this guy's obsessed with hexes. You need to be put away. Which I think is complete bullshit. You can right. be obsessed with whatever you want to be. Like, they're, they're I, you know... I don't think anybody should ever be uh, put away for for thought crimes. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, I and that, that that's a that's a slippery slope. That's a tricky thing because mm-hmm. people are like, oh, what about people that think this way? What about like as long as they're thinking, like if they start planning out like an attack or something, then okay. Yeah, like if if, if a kid is like, if a kid thinks about a school shooting, maybe they. Sh- I mean, maybe you try to help them. You try to like offer them help as far as mental illness, like, but. Like if you're just thinking about something that, that again, I don't think that's a crime. Now, if you see if you see they have a floor plan on their school and a hit list, and all that, like okay, now maybe it's time to step in. I don't. I disagree with that too. Still, I'm one of those people. Like unless you actually did the the crime, you know, a, a list to me is why can't you write a list down of people that you fucking hate? You know? Yeah. Why can't you? Why, what's what's wrong with that? What if it's like, these are people that, and you write my assassination list, and it's a whole list of people, but they're people you want to assassinate mentally. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not, like... Like, I- unless you're going and actually fucking doing it, I don't think you should ever be arrested for it. That's just my, that's my point of view. Right. And... I, I disagree with uh with with arresting people for thought crimes and and shit like that. I just I think it's I don't know. I just don't like it. I just I'm not a fan of it. That's all. That's all I got to say about that. Fair enough. And as as far as these three, as far as John Blymeyer, John Curry, and Wilbert Hess, Wilbert should just change his name to John. John Hess. Everybody was named John back then. They didn't have a lot of variety of names. They all went to jail. And Hess got a 10-year sentence. Again, he was found guilty on a lesser charge. He served his entire sentence. And John John Curry wound up getting paroled around the same time that Wilbert Hess was released, about 10 years after the crimes. John Blymeyer remained in prison until about 1953. Then he was released. None of the three men reoffended. None of them like did anything else that we know of. None of them went back to prison. And all three of them died in the 1970s. Hmm. And as we were saying earlier, the story did throw York County into the national news for a time. And uh, as we're talking about it now, it is still talked about to a degree to this day. And while it is hardly widespread, like it's not a big thing anymore, powwow is still practiced by some in Pennsylvania Dutch country to this day. Yeah. There are still people who do powwow. Yeah, you could uh, you could check out YouTube videos of it. Mm-hmm. And it's not uncommon also to see barns that are still decorated with the hex signs. And these hex signs, if you ever go through Pennsylvania in this area, you might see them. Uh, they're colorful. They're usually circular. They're decorations. And they're usually there for a purpose. Yeah, uh, some of them had, are there for good luck. We have one in our kitchen forever. Yeah. And uh, some of them are supposed to bring good luck. Some of them are supposed to bring rain for the crops. There's, like, happiness ones. There's all sorts of different ones. They're, like, basically charms. Yeah. They're usually uh, accompanied by um, uh, Disselfink. I believe the name is of the of the birds There's usually like two of them on there um yeah I, we had one in the so me and the uh the ex we get because she's from that area and i'm irish and we had the i like the irish uh 
so I had a big clover. Oh, cool. Yeah. In a, in a center. Excuse me. Um, yeah, the, yeah, we see them all over this area too, mm-hmm. which this isn't exactly Pennsylvania Dutch country, but yeah, this is more coal country, but, but we're on a, it would be like the outskirt, outskirts of it, if anything. Yeah, if you're going a little farther south, you're going to be like in right the when Dutch we start go- when we start going into like Schuylkillhaven, and then down you'll start seeing them because Schuylkillhaven there's a lot of barns. Yeah, there's a lot of farmland, and then once you see like, lots, lots of barns, mm-hmm. start you'll, you'll start to see the uh, the hex signs. But yeah, so we have, and I love, I love them. I think they're really cool. Yeah, they're very interesting looking, and it's a it's something you still see, like you said. And Nelson Raymeyer's home is now owned by his descendants. It still stands in York County. Like we said, it didn't burn down. It's not open to the public, but the area still does receive a lot of uh, visitors trying to catch a glimpse of where the healer met his end. Ghost hunters come there because I guess it's supposed to be haunted. So that's Hex Hollow. Yeah. Um. So f- fucking yeah. Goodbye. That's, that's all we got to oh, say no. about that. Uh, I, I just think it's. I think it's super interesting. I think if you're ever in Pennsylvania, uh, that first of all, it's it's around Lancaster, so there's a lot to see there with the Amish. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's cool markets there that run on like Tuesdays. I think maybe Wednesdays or something like that. There's like Green Dragon is one. There's Roots, it's, but it's R O O T S like Roots. But it, yeah, some people will say root, not like the, I right. think it's like how people say roof instead right. of roof. But they can it, it, that's how they pronounce it. They pronounce it roots, and I say even tuff instead of it doesn't tooth? matter. Even though I say, let's go back to the earlier thing. If you know what you're saying, then mm-hmm. let's just you know, they call it a day. I uh, I respect that's what they call it. It's just like the conversation we had before with Greenwich versus Greenwich, Houston versus Houston. It's uh, I say roots. For everything else, you, you pull roots, but when you're going to that place, you're going to roots. And that's yeah. what I call it. I call it roots because that's what they call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're ever in the Lancaster area, yeah, check out. First of all, Lancaster is a great little town, uh, city. Um, it really is, man. There's, there's, you know, you have your like little city areas. Mm-hmm. You could get lost in a, in a section of, of Lancaster and you'll think you're in Philly. Yeah, that Lehigh Valley has really built up over the last like couple of decades. Lancaster, Allentown, yeah. that whole area. But then there's still a lot of there's a lot of Amish. There are a lot of you know horse and buggies. There are uh, there's Bird in Hand. There's Paradise. There's all kinds of uh, areas Isn't around. Glen there. Campbell down there somewhere. I don't. I don't know. There's literally a town called Glen Campbell, though it's not named after the singer. Oh, maybe. Um, yeah, there's. Uh, I know, like Bird in Hand. There's like a like a big buffet. There's lots of buffets. Around there, like smorgasbords, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of cool shopping, cool malls. There's just lots of stuff to do. But if you're ever in an area, you have to check out Ray Myers Hollow. Um, and then, you know, at that point, you're, you're not too far from Redding and Philly and Schuylkill County, where, uh, where we are. Yeah. So if you're ever making a trip, come say hi. Come say hi to your good buddies. That's, oh. that's the old show you used to do. Oh. Ox. Huh. I, I know what you're doing here, by the way. You, you can't fool me. Hmm. You're just trying to delay it. You're just trying to delay it, but it's not going to work. Because it's time. It's time for another game of Who Died <laughs> the Worst.
That's right, it's time for Who Died the Worst? Everybody's favorite show, where I give you three deaths, and you tell me who died the worst. As we said last week, it's not Who Died the Funniest or Who Died the First. The name of the game was Who Died the Worst. Mm. That's our new tagline. Mm-hmm. So, these are all hex-related. Hex and curse-related. I, I like that you theme. have to, who died the worst. Like, it's right in a jingle. You don't need to repeat it. <laughs> now it's been done three times in this episode. Well, it's just repetition. People like repetition. So, first death, and again, these are all hex-related, is George Herbert. Oh, Babe Ruth. That's that Herman. George Herman, yes. Hmm. George Herbert. That's his brother. Walker Bush. No, it wasn't. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. George Herbert was the fifth Earl of Carnivon. And he was the money man behind the excavation of King Tut's tomb in Egypt's Valley of the Kings. And he was present when the tomb was open. He was the guy that bankrolled the excavation. And he was also one of 11 people involved in that exploration who died within 10 years of the tomb being opened. Yeah. He died when a severe mosquito bite was made worse by a razor cut, which then became infected, and he passed away. So death number one is, first of all, cursed by ancient Egyptian tomb, but more specifically, infection after being after cutting open a mosquito bite with a razor. That had nothing to do with the tomb, which people <laughs> yeah. forget to, to mention. Yeah, right. Because I've heard about that. They mm-hmm. opened up the tomb and they got sick and they died within 10 years. It's it's now there is something there's that like that one movie that a lot of people worked on. I forget which one it was. Poltergeist. No, 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 oh. no, 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 no. It was like a movie long before that, that like so many people got cancer from. Oh, yeah. There's some kind of like environmental thing or something like that. Yeah. Like now apparently. Oh, vaping. it was it was like a movie that they filmed down in like nevada or something like that or like somewhere that they they did um was it like ben-hur or something i know an extra died in ben-hur like doing one of the chariot races or something no 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 no. cancer yeah i'm not sure talk about cancer and and then somebody said it was because that they filmed it like they filmed i don't know if it was ben-hur i don't remember what movie it was but it was apparently a bunch of people filmed uh like where there was like nuclear, nuclear. I said nu- nuclear. Oh my god! I'm like because I brought a bush. Bush, yeah. Nuke, nuke, nuclear. I can't say it now. Nuclear, nuclear. It sounds like a Pepsi or something. Nuclear, nuclear Pepsi. They tried that in the '90s. It didn't N- work. Nuclear then Pepsi. They brought it back. Well, Crystal Pepsi. They should try nuclear Pepsi. Mm. Uh, Nuka Cola. Yeah. So apparently they filmed wherever they filmed it. A lot of people got sick from like I guess like radiation. Well, yeah, that, that's something different. That's just an environmental hazard of where you're working. Uh, so that... Well, that no, that's what people are trying to yeah. say with the... It with, was a curse. Yeah, that it yeah. was a curse. And and once you open up, the, like, a sarcophagus or something, that it... it yeah, like, oh, they sealed diseases in there and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's death number one. Death number one is the cutting yourself shaving and cutting open a mosquito bite and it getting infected. Death number two is... Otzi the Iceman. Uh, not him himself. This sounds like it's a Florida Man game story. You no, these are, all, these are all real. Well, okay, the curses probably aren't real. But the, this is the curse of Otzi the Iceman. Oatsy. And Otzi the Iceman was discovered in a mountainous area between Austria and Italy in 1991. The skeletal remains were determined to be around 5,300 years old. Is this the guy that ate the berries? Might be. Uh, they think this guy was murdered, though. Oh. Uh, 
and they believe the man had been attacked by another person and died, and then they found his remains. The expedition to find Otzi was led by guide Kurt Fritz, and Kurt Fritz was a navigator who led a team uh, that was helmed by Rainier Hen. Hen was a scientist who would later die in a car accident about a year after finding the Iceman. Otzi, um, Otzi was the Iceman, and Fritz would wind up dying around the same time as uh, Rainier. He died in an avalanche. So they're like, all these people that are involved in finding this Iceman died. But yeah, there were also a lot of people involved in finding him. So death number two is dying in an avalanche because of the Iceman's curse. And then death number three, while not a curse per se, one song by famous crooner Frank Sinatra should be avoided at all cost if one, costs if one is seeing karaoke in the Philippines. Witchcraft? No. That's so funny because I was referencing that in the beginning of the show. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's witchcraft. Now, the song is My Way, and apparently there's a thing, because they take karaoke very seriously in they the Philippines. They do. Yeah, they do. And no less than six people have been murdered while singing My Way at karaoke bars in the Philippines. Some of them were planned out. Some of them, it was like people were being too loud or too long. But there is a curse of, like, it's very dangerous to sing My Way in the Philippines. So to recap, death number one is the mosquito bite, King Tut, tomb, curse. Death number two is the Iceman curse of dying in an avalanche death number three is death by singing my way in the philippines okay i'm going to eliminate death number one just because of the whole because it's just silly it is it's silly there's nothing to it there's no doubt you know uh, however many thousands of years right that it was uh disease just like laying dormant until Mm mm-hmm you know, somebody opens up and then, yeah. like, this isn't the movie The Mummy. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, that goes. So now I have between two and three. Um, Man, this is tough. Uh, I want to pick three because it's, it's really terrible to sing Frank Sinatra and get murdered. Yeah. But number two, the dude's name is Otzi. Well, that was the Iceman's name. Yeah, but I but I'm talking about the story itself. Yeah. I was named Otzi. That just makes me want to pick that story because dude's name is Otzi. Uh but I'm going to go with three. Okay. The my way thing. Yeah. I think that is the most clear and present danger because you can avoid an avalanche, and an avalanche sounds like a shitty way to die. Stay away from mountains. I guess stay away from uh Filipino karaoke bars. Too. If you if yeah. you know that people are dying singing the song you know but maybe yeah. they didn't know that people were dying yeah you know, maybe not everybody uh, not everybody got the memo uh, i didn't get the memo until i that that's why this is this this segment is for my benefit i'm finding ways i want to avoid dying and one of them is i i definitely do not want to die singing karaoke in the philippines i, I just don't want to sing karaoke in general i have a horrible voice i don't want to die in an avalanche in the philippines that that would be crazy because it's quite tropical there right yeah so anyway, that's our show. That was who died the worst. That was who died the worst. Ray Myers Hollow, Florida Man Game, and uh, fake murder news. Fake murder news. So I guess we just have to plug some stuff here. Um, trying to be a little more present on Facebook. We've been putting up some true crime history, true crime birthdays. Uh, there's a little teaser of the topic today. So join us at uh, Facebook.com/slash Podcast My Dude. You can look up Murder My Dude on Facebook. 
We're at Murder My Dude on Twitter. We're at Murder My Dude on Instagram. Um, ProjectHumanoid.com. Yeah. We uh, revamped it a little bit. Um, we revamped the shop a lot. Yeah. A lot shop. of cool things on the shop now. Check that out. Shop has, uh, and uh, we have two more uh, items coming soon. We have hats, which uh, I'm still, it's still a little tricky with the hat situation because the hats that I like, the style of hats that, uh, that I, that I like, um, I haven't really figured out how to work printful yet. Um, and, and to get everything lined up, I thought I had it figured out. So I'm thinking maybe we'll just have it where somebody will just have to send us the money like <laughs> via PayPal. And then we have the hat. You may get your hat uh, delivered to you by the murder. My dude team. Well, it won't be hand delivered. Not hand delivered. I no. thought you were going to go and say hand delivered. No, no. So basically, it would work like this: you PayPal us whatever the price is for the hat, and then we order the hat and send it to you. Yes, it's not hard. It's well, it might be hard if you're an international person because then the shipping is going to be. Well, here's the thing. We do have international listeners. We have listeners in Germany, Japan, England, Ca- or the UK, Canada. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, how about we just make this just uh, internet and uh, yeah. <laughs> Domestic. Only. Domestic. Yeah. Not international. Because uh, that's a little tough. If, if you if you want a hat and you're in you're, you are Japanese listeners or you're you're shit out of luck. Unless Sorry. you want to pay that fucking shipping yeah which i'm, I'm sure is going to be an arm and a leg it, it can be up there it can get up there yeah i, I don't know what uh what shipping would be like i I, ha- I did ship gifts to canada once uh for like a secret santa thing it was it was like 14 bucks i think something like that because you got to pay you got to go through customs and, and stuff like that oh really yeah it's but a shame we'll see yeah yeah so uh as of now it'll probably just stay domestic uh, but I have, I think I have a couple like different hat ideas, um, that are going to go up in the shop. So, so there's that. And, uh, everything else is just through, um, just through like you, you click on the image and then you're able to buy it from, from the site. You so. buy t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, a pillow, there's a mug, a mug sticker. Yeah. A lot of different things on there. So support our show. If you like it. Uh, you can definitely support our show by, if you're on Apple Podcast, and I know some of you are, give us a five-star rating. It always helps. Tell somebody about the show. If you enjoy what you're doing, tell a friend. Say, hey, I know you like murder. Listen to this show. I know you like dudes. Listen to this show. Even if you don't like dudes, listen to this show. No, I think that there's something wrong with it if you don't like dudes. Well, maybe you're a... Sexist. Maybe you're a heterosexual male or a homosexual <laughs> female, and you're not into dudes. You should always be into dudes, though, right? Well, yeah, it doesn't have to be a no. Like, I don't mean sexually. Yeah. I mean you should just like w- men and women, absolutely, and, and gender fluid beings. Yes, all are welcome. Right under the murder my dude umbrella. Yeah, I'm just not going to say they. They are welcome to me. Mm-hmm. I will welcome them in. That's childish. You should always have a childlike quality to you. I think. Nah, I think you should just man and woman. You know, that's it. Just man and woman. It's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Wait, what? I don't know. <laughs> it's fine. If you're Adam and Steve, listen to the show too. Buy a shirt. Refer us to a friend, especially Steve. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm a little iffy on Adam. 
I didn't never really meant too many cool atoms. I I don't think I've known that many atoms. I've known a lot of Steves. Yeah, I've, I've met if, quite a few atoms, and they've all been douche d- bags. Douche the bags. Douche douche the bags, except for Adam Green, who okay. uh, who directed, wrote and directed Hatchet. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He he liked my uh, Victor Crowley uh, post that uh, that I put on my Instagram. So yeah, so. that's uh, that's pretty much. Uh, do you have anything else you want to add? No, that's it. Uh, just go to projecthumanoid.com. Uh, I actually removed the contact section. Oh, my. I removed it because I now put it at the bottom, like on the uh, on the footer. Okay. So it's down at the footer. The uh, the question comment section is down at the footer. Um, you can always reach out to us on social media as well. Yeah, we're we're all over the place. Um, drop us a line, man. Say hi. Uh, support our show. They're actually, I, I, I put the Patreon back on there. Uh, right now it's still just for the, uh, for the, for the bonus content. The only bonus content we've done, uh, is the stuff that's already up there. So right. I don't know when that, uh, ended a few weeks ago, but you're also supporting the show. You're, you're just throwing us a bone. We're going to, we're going to tipping us. We're going to, re- re- yeah, that's what I was just going to say. We're going to kind of revamp that too. Um, it'll be something like maybe just, you know, just drop us, a, you know, maybe a tip, like a, like $2 is a tip. You get a shout out. Yeah. You know, get a shout out the uh, beginning or the end of the show, uh, whichever we decide on. And then for a few bucks more, you'll get extra content, you know, so maybe it'll be like, two dollars for that and then like four dollars or five bucks for for the extra show you know the extra the, the bonus content and, yeah. and the florida man game and speaking of other content if you like hearing me talk the wrestling you can hear me on the tornado tag podcast our buddy tony over at interviews with everyday people look him up and you can find me on there anything you kind of want to plug here or? yeah um our buddy uh, Nathan Cole Cosby, he has a show called Stand Upish here on our network. Yes. That uh, you know, you, you seem to care more about other networks than our our own. Um, He's on to me. Uh, you know, we could have done a wrestling show here. We still can. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nathan Cole Cosby has a show here on Project Humanoid. Is it about wrestling? Uh, it's not. It's oh, about comedy. Damn. It's about I, comedy. I don't think that's very funny. Mm. Uh, and, uh, he just came back from New York city. Oh, he, York he, city. he left New York already. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, um, he was there, he was visiting comedy clubs and different, uh, different podcasts or show radio shows, whatever. Um, so he was checking all that stuff out in New York city and now he's back home. So yeah. And, uh, his fourth or fifth episode, I'm not, I'm not sure. I think it's his fifth, uh, episode will be about his experience in new york and checking out new york comedy clubs so. and if you haven't checked it out that's a great jumping in point it's going to be a travelogue it's going to be about stand-up i know he met a few stand-up comedians right he uh he really got a chance to kind of immerse himself in new york is I, there's two different flavors it depends on what kind of comedy you like uh new york and la are your two big comedy hotbeds in in the united states what's your what what, what, what side are you I'm, I'm team new york okay uh so then he was right there in it. You seem like you'd be LA to me. LA? Maybe. Because if you're like, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, you know, like unless until you want to be passive aggressive, you know, and then you want to be a douchebag. I, I think I think 
you try i think you're a try hard when it comes to you know the nice guy thing i think you should just be a douchebag every once in a while well fuck you then thank you and we'll see you next week with more murder i wasn't done oh that's okay I get it. You were looking for a good. You're like, I got my, I got a good line there. I got a good out. And Try to go out of the bank. Yeah, yeah, we should, we should go out that fucking quick when I, when it's time for that shitty fucking segment you would have put on that fucking who died the worst and nobody likes. Everybody loves who died the worst. Uh, whatever. I'm the only one that gets a vote. What? No, no, it's two of us. Oh. And that's t- what you say about your writing, though. Well, that is only me. No, 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 no. Uh, uh there's gonna be a. Fucking call our hotline and you'll get a free copy of I'm Detective Clark. While supplies last. Yeah. There's only two of them. If you can find our hotline number, yeah. you can it's it's hidden. It's an Easter egg. On my phone. Okay. That's all I have. That's all you have? I have more. I have more. You just kind of took the I wanted to talk about the, the New York comedy scene. But this is why we need a different show. So we can sit there and I could I could, you know, just ramble on about shit. We had a show, by the way. Me, Brian, and Nate had a show called The Filthy Commoners. Yeah. It was The Filthy Commoners. And basically, we would we would kind of do, we would talk. I didn't want to call it a podcast. I would call it just, it was a show of some sort. Mm-hmm. Basically, we would twitch and we would just, we would talk and then we would play Rocket League as we were talking. Um, you know, I, I had a lot of fun doing that, and I think that's something that I want to bring back. Uh, oh, by the way, I do. I did want to mention that there's going to be. I'm going to. There's going to be more content that I want to be bringing to Project Humanoid. That's not going to just be podcasts, uh, because there's so many more forms out there of of entertainment than just podcasts. Like you have Paris, things like Periscope. Mm-hmm. You know, like live streaming. Yeah, interpretive dance. Okay. No. No. Uh, okay. So there might be a, uh, there might just be a, a blog on projecthumanoid.com or just a Periscope. Yeah, maybe vlogs. You could always or, do a vlog. Or just or... somebody's Twitter account. Okay. You, you know you know what I mean? Okay. Might be somebody that just tweets and it's entertaining enough to where it's like that person's, you know, uh, he just represents Project uh, Humanoid just through his Twitter. Right on. You know, so. Yeah, so there's going to be stuff like that. There's a uh, Periscope that I'm going to be working on uh, for uh, for mur- kind of like for murder, my dude. Uh, it'll be like a almost like a like an after show or kind of like a pre-show okay. thing. So uh, hosted by me, the man of a thousand names, where I'll jump on Periscope and I'll, you know, I'll talk for a few minutes and then, uh, yeah, and then we'll, we'll go on and we'll do our show, you know, so. Sounds like a plan. Yeah, there's lots of stuff coming. Lots of stuff. You wouldn't believe how much stuff. They, they could believe it. Okay. It's not, let's not get crazy. Okay. All righty. Well, uh, I see that you want to get on out of here. No, so, I, no, no, I, I have no, time. No, you don't have time. I got nothing but time. No, you don't have much time left. Oh, shit. You're right. Yeah. Well, let's get right to it. We will see you next week with more murder. My dude. I had to make them wait.
So if we're adding all these things to Project Humanoid, maybe we should add powwow services. Can you powwow? Only if I could dress like Kamala. 